It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. First of all, the student loan bailout. There's something inherently immoral about it. The latest in politics and world affairs. I think education has been hijacked. A number of years has kind of dissed people that work with their hands. Today's current opinions and ideas. Gosh, we should have been teaching kids kindergarten through high school about return on investment. If you're going to take on this debt, what is your ROI? Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we are made for this moment. Thank you to the team that I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, uh, producer Luke, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Steve. Oh, it's the wonderful, whimsical Wednesday, March 22nd. Can you believe it? It seems like it was just March 1st. We are just <laughs> marching through March. Uh, and spring is a spring. I can feel spring a little bit. I can hear the birds singing. So spring is coming. And um, that's the constants. That's great. That is the God's creation. And it's wonderful to hear. One thing, though, um, do you have woodpeckers in your neighborhood? Because uh, that's one of the things in spring is the the woodpeckers start showing off in our neighborhood. Yeah, we got them. They're, uh, they're very interesting to watch, too. Their behavior is... Uh very unusual. <laughs> You're not out there with a slingshot trying to get rid of them? <laughs> no. Well, uh, actually, I guess I've never suffered any actual damage, but I know what they can do. Uh, bluebirds, or not blue, blue jays, uh, noisy suckers. I, mean, I go out in the backyard and there's someone in the, in the evergreens in the back and there's all this noise and finally a, one of those will fly out. It's like, gosh, you guys are noisy. <laughs> it's springtime and I love it. It's also Wednesday, which means it's Wings Day at uh, Hooters Restaurants. The girls are coming over tonight, Steve, and I think it's going to be extremely festive. Oh boy! So I will be uh, ordering the Wings special by 20 Wings. You get an additional 10 for free. And that is for to go or to dine in, and they are delicious. I get the smoked wings, and they're crispy. I like to get all drums. I, for some reason, I just like all drums. And then uh, uh, I like the lemon pepper rub or the Texas barbecue rub. So, yes, the girls are coming over tonight. Well, I know the uh, municipality that's close to you always has to brings in extra people for overtime to manage the parking. <laughs> that's actually true. No, not true, but there's a lot of parking. But uh, yes. And uh, uh, anyway, it's going to be a, a great day. And uh, Hooters Restaurants, they have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. Great place to watch the um, March Madness and uh, their specials for lunch and for happy hour Monday through Friday. You can find all that information at my website. And uh, it, it, there's a lot of news out there, but yet the big news that everybody's been waiting on uh, this um Arresting Trump didn't happen. And you you said, Steve, in the pre-call that, that you think some of these radical activist Democrats have been told to pump the brakes a little bit on their uh, banana republic, huh? Well, I heard several commentaries, you know, when, when, when did they put Tuesday as the target date that this was going to happen? Ever since that date, uh, several cautionary uh, commentaries and op-eds that saying, wait a minute, you guys are playing with fire. And I wonder if it was a, uh, a slew of 
those special operative meetings over the last weekend leading into this week. And you would love to be a fly on the wall where they contemplated this. You know, what is remarkable that they're even contemplating this in the United States of America uh, through the Justice Department um, and through our judiciary. I mean, it's uh, I guess it's not judiciary right now. It would be your D.A. So that's not. Yeah. What's what's a special jury? um, A grand jury. Grand jury. Yeah. That that process goes on today in Manhattan. And uh, I just again, you love to be a fly on the wall. And are they really? basically showing you their hand in terms of the fear that they still have of this guy and what he might be able to do. Okay. Well, uh, yes, I find that rather remarkable as well. Uh, This threat against the deep state and the deep state is on both sides of the aisle. So it is interesting that Tuesday has come and gone. And, but it is, it's, you know, when I use the remarkable, I use the word remarkable many times and it's like women from the South when they say, bless your heart. (laughs) Remarkable means um, this is crazyville that we are in the United States of America and have um, the, the justice system weaponized against political opponents. This is not the way it is supposed to be. But the positive on all this is the light is being shown on this. And we are in, this is not a Democrat versus Republican uh, question anymore. This is a right versus wrong. This is, um, do we love the American idea or we don't? And we see that there are people that are in office that do not like uh, the American idea. Do When Trump looked into the camera and said, they're not coming after me, they're coming after you. I mean, take a look at it. Take a look at uh, Biden coming after your retirement funds regarding the uh, uh, veto on the uh, ESG and your your retirement plans, Um, you know, dictating that uh, your retire, uh, uh, retirement funds have to be invested with the, the environment, social and governance, um, kind of guidelines on that, which is not prudent. We see what has happened with uh, the whole ESG focus with Sil- Silicon Valley Bank. And uh, I, I think most people on all sides of the aisle don't really like to lose their life savings. And uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I think that we'll start to see people coming together on uh, on this as we continue to shed light on this. A little bit of light goes a long way, Steve. When you, you know, irregardless of your political persuasion, when you start whacking away at people's 401ks, IRAs and stuff, now you're... <laughs> you're what's the right phrase to say that? You're really... You know, getting people's attention, but not the way you want it. Well, and that is why we have to continue to shed light and connect the dots. Uh, because, um, I mean, to us that are watching it all the time, we understand what's going on. We understand that we are in a very dangerous and tumultuous time right now. This is a good and, s- good segue to the quote of the day. But all, something you just said, you know, do you, you need to realize that there are people who just don't like the American idea. And I just want to say to them... Then, then kindly go somewhere else. Why is the solution to all this for you to destroy what has, you know, has been deemed and and noted as probably the best forms of government out there, you know, for, throughout you know, uh, you know the history of mankind, let's say, mm-hmm. and yet you you don't like it for whatever reason, and this is your course of action. You know, I was just thinking as you were saying that all these people that, and we are seeing that how China has 
has infiltrated and purchased so many different businesses and they're purchasing land, a farmland near uh, military bases and letting this happen. There are people that are letting this happen that like China more than they like America. So why don't, why don't, um, why doesn't China open up their borders to all these people that like China so much and let them all go live over there and uh, let the people that love America live here. So the people that love China could live in China and the people that love America could live here. That seems like that's a great solution. What do you think? Well, to, who really lo- likes China, loves China, except for Chinese money? Well, you know, I was thinking maybe the NBA should play over in China because so many, you know, so much of the NBA uh, likes. I mean, wouldn't that be interesting? All um, all these businesses that are selling Americas out, Americans out because of money. Um, but actually, maybe they should headquarter over in China as well. You know, they're not going to do that because China is not free as as America has been uh, and we must make sure that we reclaim that liberty and freedom but let's go to the quote for today from Patrick Henry he was an American attorney planter politician and orator known known for declaring to the second Virginia convention oh that's that's underneath isn't that oh Yes, give me liberty or give me death. A founding father, he served as the first and sixth post-colonial governor of Virginia, and he was born in 1736. He died in 1799, and he said this. He said, the liberties of a people never were nor ever will be secure when the transactions of their rulers may be concealed from them. So transparency is so important. Hmm. Wasn't he in your high school class, by the way? <laughs> Bada boom, you got me on that one. I owed you one. <laughs> I uh, I chose that quote because we'll be talking with Adam Angieski here in the third and fourth segments of the first hour with Open the Books. And what he is doing there at Open the Books regarding transparency, uh, not only on the national level, but on the local level. And he's just really, he's written a piece that connects um the Silicon Valley Bank directly to Gavin Newsom and his wife. And so that is going to be very, very fascinating. Uh, next thing wanted to mention, I, I guess we talked a little bit more about Biden, uh, his first veto. And I guess Manchin, Senator Manchin, Democrat uh, from West Virginia, is hopping mad about that. Uh, I, I hope that he stays hopping mad on that and we ask, are there any blue dog Democrats left? Uh, because the Democrat Party has been hijacked by these radical activists. This is no longer the party of JFK. And uh, it doesn't seem like there's very many blue dog Democrats uh, left. And certainly the two senators from Colorado are not blue dog, dog Democrats. They're not moderates whatsoever. However, they do run as moderates. And that's why we have to get a little smarter about who we elect, Steve. And we got to get these elections cleaned up as well. We do. They are being manipulated. And I am really getting tired of people that are election manipulation deniers. Because it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out here in Colorado when you have dirty voter rolls and you've got mail-in ballots that are flying all over the place. Just think, first of all, of the expense of printing all those ballots and on an open primary just think of the expense of printing two ballots one democrat one uh republican and sending all that out to people across the state one has to ask why um and so we we really need to get focused on 
getting these elections, these uh, voter rolls cleaned up. We need to have Republicans vote in Republican primaries, Democrats vote in Democrat primaries. If unaffiliateds want to vote in those primaries, they can just register as either one. So we need to get these primaries um, where, where they're, um, they're closed primaries instead of um, – and I know people like the word open – but in this case, uh, closed is a much better word to be using on that and uh, preserve our caucus assembly system. There are so many things that we need to do here in Colorado. But first and foremost, we've got to get these voter rolls cleaned up. You coined a phrase in the aftermath or fallout of the 2020 general election. And I like this phrase. You call it uh, legalized manipulation. It's exactly right. And that is exactly right. And Colorado's been at the forefront of that. Um, and it's been a slow march. The problem is, is the Republican consultant operative class has been complicit in letting this happen. And so Colorado's at the forefront. But we see this fight in every state. But Colorado is at the tip of the spear. And my friends, when I say that we were made for this moment, we are. We are here for a reason. We're here in Colorado at this time for a reason. And I am so encouraged at the grassroots organizations, everyday people that are are taking time from their busy lives to reclaim Colorado and to re- reclaim our country. And we are at an important time to do that. And one of the first and foremost things is knowledge, to understand what's going on, to understand the principles, to match the principles up with what is happening. And that's why we do this show, is to help you do that. Mm-hmm. And we get to do this because a lot of great sponsors, Steve, and one of those is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855. That's 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. This is called service. You hooked me up with auto and renters. Props to my insurance mentor. You made it easy to cover my bed in a box and my extensive collection of clocks. You know, I find it kind of funny that you also save me money. You've got that good neighbor charm. Give it up for State Farm. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. 
If you are interested in learning more, contact 3pointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, I want to get over here to the bill of the day. It's House Bill 231246. And it's support in-demand career workforce. It has bipartisan sponsors, Representative McCluskey, McCluskey Democrat, uh, Puglisi, Republican, Senators uh, Janet Rich, Democrat, and uh, Senator Perry Will, Republican. And it's uh, titled Support In-Demand Career Workforce. And it says the bill directs the State Board of Community Colleges and Occupational Education Board uh, a bureaucracy to administer the in-demand short-term credentials program in order to support the expansion of the number of available and qualified professionals who are able to meet Colorado's in-demand workforce needs. So first thing I'm going to ask is, is this the proper role of government? And uh, so I would say no. Uh, second of all, should we be using taxpayer dollars for this? Uh, and I would say no. I would say that businesses that uh, uh, are, are need workers, let's let's lower taxes on businesses. Let's lower taxes on individuals so that they have their own money to make their own choices about where they're going to go to school. Um, and then this is, um, there's one title in here that I just have to get to. It says the bill appropriates $38.6 million from the general fund for this program. The board is required to allocate funds to community and technical colleges, area, area technical colleges, local district colleges, and Colorado Mesa University to provide assistance to students for eligible expenses that support their enrollment in eligible programs. If unexpended resources exist, the funds must be used to pay for students' housing, transportation, or food costs. And then, don't you love this? The bill requires the Office of Future Work. Does that not sound like Atlas Shrug right there to provide? <laughs> I'm laughing I mean, because when I read this, I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half ago, I saw Office of Future Work. I said, what in the world is that? Uh, yes. And so we're taking money from people that are working to fund a bureaucracy, the Office of Future Work, and uh, they're not working for free, the the professors at these colleges are not working for free. It's another way to take money from everyday hardworking Coloradans, put them through bureaucracies. Uh, yes, we do like the idea of people um, being trained to work, but how about let's lower taxes across the board and have businesses offer apprenticeships and businesses, private enterprises coming together to address this, these needs instead of government. What do you think, Steve? Well, lower the taxation on businesses. But, hey, I got a question, and I hope this is an intelligent question. <laughs> My batting average is not always what it should be. In the follow-up article right underneath that, I'm, what, I'm not sure what source you're reading from, but there's, uh, she put in there from the Colorado Sun uh, that talks about this bill. And as it starts out, as Colorado hurts for more early childhood educators, nurses, firefighters, and workers across other industries, how many of those particular uh, entities were hammered by our response to COVID? And now we're almost saying we're, we're hurting for workers in these particular areas. 
Very good point. So government creates the problem and then government wants to step in and solve the problem because then government controls the problem. How's that? That's a new one for me because government controls the problem or PB. I'll say PBIs uh, control the problem. Huh? Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. Do you like that? I do. <laughs> okay. Let's continue on though. There's some really great news out there. First of all, um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is quite busy in uh, Arkansas. And of course, um, you've got the radical activists are a little frustrated about that, Steve. So set this up because you were, you were the one that mentioned this to me. Well, I think I, it came to me, let's see, with, uh, there was a couple of different things going on in red states. And this was just one of, of the two, see, Iowa and then, well, you just said Arkansas. But uh, oh, I've already ditched the, the one on Huckabee. Darn it. Okay. But uh, the whole, if, if you look at the big picture here, we, we talk about people waking up and pushing back. Here are some great examples, like you just talked about uh, Biden's outburst there in terms of vetoing what came at him in terms of what he was going to do with people's retirements and ESG. That's obviously some pushback, and it comes at him in such a way that he has to veto it and then badmouth the people who are behind it. Mm-hmm. What we got mm-hmm. going on here in Iowa, the nation's largest lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer civil rights organization condemned Iowa Senate for passing uh, what they call House File 348, which is their version of Don't Say LGBTQ, which I think is something that is a kind of a holdover for what DeSantis did in Florida. Uh, the bill is a discriminatory attack against, attack against the LGBTQ community and bans instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in grades K through 6. The bill also prohibits the schools from providing gender-affirming accommodations for transgender students. I have to say good for Iowa. I mean, K through 6. Really, you're going to be talking. What did you say that term was? Sexual education or whatever, K through six. I mean, the how? Where's the reading, writing, arithmetic? Why aren't um, <laughs> um, why uh, history, science? Why are we not focusing on that? And so, once again, this is we said it uh, when uh, the other day when we were talking about this event down in Colorado Springs this weekend, moms coming together to pray for our children. And we said we must pray for our children because they are praying on our children. And I think a lot of people still can't believe that that is the case. But it is, even in small little towns, you have these school boards wrestling with, can a, a, a boy uh, go into the girls' restroom? I mean, come on. How did we ever get to this? It's uh, so good for Iowa to be banning that. I find the Arkansas one. Arkansas enacts bill banning transgender students from using bathroom of their choice in public schools. And that was the one the new governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, gladly signed. And uh, I think you're going to start to see people move, well, continue to move to these red states that uh, care about just the foundational principles of just natural law, boy, girl. I mean, this is an assault just on natural, the natural creation of, um, which is, it's, I'll use my term remarkable. Uh, the other thing, though, so much other good news, and that is that Wyoming, just to the north, uh, they, um, 
they actually took a ba- uh, ban that took effect on Sunday, making abortion illegal in Wyoming. Uh, despite earlier rulings by Teton County District Court Judge Melissa Owens that blocked an earlier, uh, hold on here. I gotta get out of that. Um, in Teton County, that's up where Jackson is, and Jackson is like the, become from a political standpoint, the boulder of Wyoming. Um, and it says, uh, Melissa Owens blocked an earlier ban hours after it took effect. Uh, Owens will now consider whether to block the new ban too while a lawsuit proceeds. She's not expected to immediately weigh in though on a different new Wyoming abortion law, a first in the nation ban on, uh, on abortion pills. And one other thing, this, this whole abortion pill thing, please understand that it puts women at risk. Just think about it. If women take this, this pill, they're alone, um, and they start to hemorrhage. I mean, it, 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 it puts women at risk. These things are not compassionate towards women. They're not about women's rights. And so we, as a society, we have to wrap our, our, our arms around life. We have to be, have compassion for women that find themselves in a situation with an unplanned pregnancy. We need to encourage our, our men to, um, stand up to be, be fathers, to be husbands. Uh, we have, we've marginalized, we've really marginalized men starting back in the sixties with the feminist movement. The feminist movement was not empowering about women. It was actually, I think really about attacking, um, heterosexual straight, I guess that's the same, men, um, and, uh, attacking fatherhood, attacking all that. And we're seeing what has happened now. And I had a listener that reached out. Now I got to think where it was. I think it was via the text messages at 720-605-0647. No, it was a call that I was on yesterday and it says, where are the men? And, um, that is the question. So we need to have our men stand up, come together. And Aaron Wood, who ran for Colorado state GOP chair, had founded a group, Freedom Fathers. And if you're interested in getting in touch with him, just text me and I will get you in, in, in uh, connection with him, uh, because we've got to honor our, our men, our fathers, our husbands, and they need to start to show up as well. And they've been marginalized for so long, Steve, and we, we need to, we need to get this, this boat turned around, Steve. I, on this very topic, it's, it's fascinating to me because, you know, it's, it's in my lifetime. I'm, I, I watched it as it happened over the, the last decades of the, of the last millennia. Uh, especially in the entertainment industry, the way fathers in in sitcoms were, you know, what they were made out to to look like, right? And you know, and it's it's so ironic because the only one, the only father in the sitcom who seemed to have his act together was the Bill Cosby Show, and we know where that went. So it's. <laughs> it's Tim, Tim Allen did pretty well. Uh, yeah, Tim well. Allen do, and you but, know. But in, in the present day, Tim Allen is doing great things. He's got so many people after him, but he seems to be, you know, kind of got a Teflon shield around him. It just doesn't stick. Yeah. And to your point, that was really, it was really disappointing regarding Bill Cosby. Uh, that, that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. The The human condition is, um, is a tough up. thing. Yeah. It is a tough thing. That's why. That's why um, I, I, and as we're in Lent and as Easter's coming up, uh, when you look at the human condition, I used to say God looks at us and he says, don't make me come down there. And he finally said, okay, I'm coming down there. 
and I'm actually going to go to the cross and overcome this sin and death thing. And that's, um, that's where, you know, I, I get confidence from that to get to do this show, uh, and to try to help, help everybody get their brain around these issues, no matter where you stand as far as, um, regarding your faith. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. The founders, they were, uh, you know, they founded this on the Judeo-Christian values. Uh, and, but those values are basically that everyone's a value because we're created in the image of God and each and every person should have life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Those are God-given rights. And that's something that I think all of us can come together and, um, put a stake in the ground and stand for, stand for that. And uh, we do get to have these conversations because of my great sponsors. Karen Levine is another one of those great sponsors. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That's why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I'm thrilled to have on the line with me and is Adam, who is the founder of Open the Books. And Adam, I thought... I had the pronunciation of your last name down, and I didn't, so I'm going to ask you how to say that again. <laughs> well, I, I've always thought you've done very well. It's not easy being an Angievsky, Kim, so that's, that's actually how we say it. We try to help out. Oh. In Polish, it's pronounced Angievsky, but we just say Angie F. Ski. Angievsky. Okay, well, that's how I had it, Angievsky. So I thought that I was doing pretty good, and so I'm going to go with that. Yeah. So first thing, Adam, in I, 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 um, nor, I do a quotes at the beginning and the end of the show. 
And uh, I, I chose this quote today by Patrick Henry because it made me think of you. It said, the liberties of a people never were nor ever will be secure when the transactions of their rulers may be concealed from them. It made me think of like you that. and creating Open the Books. And the work that you're doing at Open the Books, before we get into your article from Substack, uh, just explain to people what you're doing. Uh, I know that you had to have the petition, which I signed regarding um, uh, the pledge that our legislators, our elected representatives, must read uh, the bills before they put them into law. It would certainly be a great idea. We Out here in Colorado, uh, we have already – I have a new position it's a volunteer thing as the president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers. And we look at all the legislation that's coming down the pike. And at, at this legislative session, we're halfway through. There's 489 new bills that have already been introduced, which is unbelievable. There's no way these legislators are reading all that stuff, uh, Adam. Well, as Mark Twain said, when the legislature's in session, your life, your liberty, and your property are not safe you probably face that in California, in uh, Colorado, as we face it all across the country. As you know, I'm from Illinois, and it is the Super Bowl of corruption. We probably have a, we probably have 1,500 bills in the hopper right now in our General Assembly, and uh, and the same thing with Congress. I, you know, at the start of the year when Congress was out of session because they couldn't get their act together to get a speaker, I was fine with that. I didn't miss them for that week at all. <laughs> Yeah, that was quite the fight, and some good things happened with that. It really but, uh, t- yeah, and one of those things, Kim, was read the bill. So for the previous two years ahead of that fight, we had advocated a very reasonable, probably a 99%. Um, uh, we ran a petition campaign, uh, 99% uh, probably, uh, you know, the American people would embrace this, to simply read the bill before you vote on it, it you know, to give a 72-hour timeout. Congress actually, the Republicans, uh, McCarthy, when he, you know, as a part of his election, he had to adopt that. And so that's a part of the House rules now. They have to read this stuff. And it's a 72 hour timeout for all of us to read it as well. Coupled up with single subject legislation, the bills will be a lot smaller. We'll be able to read the, read the bills. Adam, that is uh, actually I uh, had emceed a or mistress of ceremonies at a Lincoln Day luncheon out in Holyoke, Colorado this last weekend. And uh, Representative Lauren Boebert uh, was a guest via Zoom. And she mentioned this. And I hadn't connected quite connected the dot that this is something you have been working on. And what a positive. We, you know, we need some some wins here. And that is a real win for you. It really is like. That was on the ash heap of history. Everyone had forgotten about it. The center-left good government groups in Washington, D.C. had run that about eight and ten years ago. They ran it really hard. They were never able to get it through the bipartisan Congress back in the day. So the fact that the Republicans in their House rules put it, put it, in, the, put it in the House rules now when they're in the majority, this is a huge victory. Oh, we that's a great shot in the arm. I'm so excited about that. So congratulations on that, Adam Majewski. Um, let's talk about this piece that no, you we still have. have a lot of work to do, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know. But let, let's at least say we move the the ball, you know, a little bit because it, hey, it you know, absolutely. Hey, you need to pick up little victories along the way. We're doing that. Because it is, it is truly daunting what's happening out there. But let's get over here to this piece that you've written up at Substack. And it is, uh, you said the Silicon Valley bank cover up and the roads leading to Governor Gavin Newsom. 
again, this whole blow up of Silicon Valley Bank is shedding light on uh, a whole bunch of stuff. But how did you connect this dot to Gavin Newsom? So we already had a lot of the research done when the bank failed a couple of Fridays ago and the federal regulators swooped in. When they did, we immediately started to, you know, we pulled off our, our research and we updated it. And so here's, here's what we found. Uh, just as an aside, a bank like this that participates, you know, they had 62% of the community's solar projects across the country. They, uh, they're deeply invested, obviously, in, in green energy and climate change technologies right there in Silicon Valley. Those type of businesses need relationships with politicians because they're only profitable in today's marketplace because of government subsidies. So we knew that, you know, according to our previous research and going forward, that they had to have relationships with politicians. And sure enough, they're deeply in bed with the governor of California and his wife, Jennifer Siebel Newsom, Gavin Newsom, the governor, the uh, the the founding board member of the Newsom nonprofit, the California Partners Project, was none other none other than the president of the investment banking arm of Silicon Valley Bank. His name is John China. So he was he was a founding board member. The bank itself, at the behest, which means the request of Governor Gavin Newsom, gave a six figure one hundred thousand dollar donation to the Newsom nonprofit in 2021. This nonprofit organization, the California Partners Project, was created expressly to push the first partner, the governor's wife, Jennifer Siebel Newsom's public policy agenda through her newly created by the governor, Office of First Partner. Uh, That's a subdivision of the Office of Governor. That's staffed with nine staffers, a million-dollar taxpayer-paid appropriation every year, $5 million since the governor was inaugurated to push her public policy agenda, but it wasn't enough. They established this nonprofit for more money, more staff, more lobbying muscle behind her agenda. So, yes, the roads in Silicon Valley Bank, they do lead to the two Newsoms. Well, and what do you think about... Uh, the uh, paying or paying all the depositors uh, above the two hundred fifty thousand FDIC insurance limit. Well, you know there could be a public purpose to this. Um, you know, I don't believe the bank should be bailed out. Uh, there are there are uh, there are uh, reasonable ways that banks that are in trouble. You know, there's a lot of banks underwater because banks bought U.S. Treasuries. When interest rates rose, the value of those Treasuries dropped because if you're holding a 1% U.S. Treasury and rates go to 4%, your Treasury is not worth what you paid for it any longer. Okay, so there's a lot of banks underwater. And it's, and it's because of, you know, in large part because of Fed policy fighting inflation. Uh, so one of the things that the Fed could do is they, they could actually lower interest rates, which would make probably hundreds, if not thousands, of banks across the country solvent again, okay? No taxpayer money, just change in monetary policy, right? But you got to get liquidity out of the system because, obviously, you know, Congress has flooded the country with liquidity. So then you just tighten the reserve requirements for banks. They have to keep more – they can't lever up their deposit base by eight and ten times on loans. Maybe they can only lever it up six or seven times. That takes liquidity out of the economy. That stops inflation without raising interest rates, without making the banks insolvent. 
Why can't they figure this out? Uh, Janet Yellen and uh, when, when she said inflation, wasn't her, she who said that inflation was going to be transitory? Uh, right. Uh, why Why haven't they done that? I mean, I think it's about um, government wants to control the problem, or I call them PBIs, politi- politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. They create the problem. Then they want to say they want to solve the problem, but they control the problem, Adam. Well, it's all about preservation of the status quo. So when I when I walked you through the two steps that could be done, I kept in mind the political environment that we're in. This preserves the status quo, so this policy would actually have a chance to be implemented. If it is implemented, you get to fight inflation, you get to you get to make the bank solvent. And you preserve taxpayers, like there's no congressional bank bailouts because the banks are solvent. Do you think they're going to do it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody asked me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So let's finish up here regarding uh, Silicon Valley Bank and uh, the Newsom's. What else should people know uh, regarding this particular relationship? So, look, I think the Newsom's should pay back the $100,000 that, that the governor behested of the bank. And this is why. Obviously, the federal bank is now under, you know, regulatory control. Taxpayers, we, you know, back 100% of that bank, Jim. And so, look, that six-figure gift, that 100000 that was given by the bank to the nonprofit at the request and solicitation of Governor Gavin Newsom, that should be paid back immediately. Uh, I think that that would be a good thing. Does it look like the, there's any conversation about making that happen? So here's the conversation. It's happened very quietly, and I'm going to break some news on your program. Uh, radio exclusive here, Tim. Uh, we just posted an update 20 minutes ago on what the Newsom nonprofit did. Removed from their website is John China, the Silicon Valley Bank Capital president. That's the guy that manages the $5.5 billion investor pool of money in the investment banking arm of Silicon Valley Bank. He was a founding board member, like I said, of that nonprofit. The nonprofit that backs Feeble Newsom, the first partner's public policy agenda. He's now been removed from the website. He's been removed from their, the nonprofit's gender equity committee. So it looks like he's been removed as a board of director as well. So they are, you know, we've had an impact. They are taking steps to tighten the ship over there. We asked them to take the further step to return the money, return the $100,000. That's depositor money. That's investor money. That is that is taxpayer money because now the bank is 100% backed by taxpayers. And in, when you look at the uh, total amount of money, 100000 seems like chump change. But yet, on the other hand, <clears throat> this it would uh, returning the money would be a great, a great win, I think, for open the books and just a great win because it's the right thing to do. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do to eliminate the conflict of interest by taking the Silicon Valley Bank uh, executive off of their board. They should have never actually had them on the board. Uh, there's further ties between the bank and the Newsoms. <clears throat> Gavin Newsom is a wine entrepreneur. So 20 years ago, he had a single wine shop in San Francisco. Today, his wine operations are rather large. He owns four wineries. They're super fancy. 
He's got very wealthy partners, and he's had a 20-year non-disclosed banking relationship with Silicon Valley Bank. So here's what I want to know. Does Silicon Valley Bank help him expand that business either through, uh, you know, loaning him money, you know, giving him giving him money on loan? What are the terms of those loans? How did they how did they value his businesses? Did they take equity positions through the investment banking arm in his growing wine companies? He needs to come clean on what the relationship is between the bank and his private enterprises. And these aren't new questions, Kim. Ethical questions on his businesses have dogged him since he ran for governor in 2018. And and now it's time the bank is being held by federal regulators. It's swooped in. It's in receivership. He's got to come clean with the people of California and all of us. Oh, my gosh, Adam, I think that that's, uh, that's information that is super, super important. And uh, actually, out here in Colorado, Governor Polis, there's um, uh, rumblings that he wants to run for president. So he might be interested in <laughs> and this information regarding uh, Gavin Newsom as well, uh, because uh, Gavin Newsom uh, um, obviously has been a name for the Democrat side as well. I'm talking with Adam Angieski. He is the founder of Open the Books. <clears throat> and I want to talk with him about his annual report that just recently came out. And we get to have these great conversations because of sponsors like Three Points Financial. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact ThreePointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. It's more critical than ever to get the firearms training you must have to be confident in protecting yourself and your family. Learning from the expertly trained instructors at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you will learn the skills necessary to be ready for anything you have to deal with. If you learned how to shoot by way of Granddad Taught Dad Taught Me, you may be missing critical elements of safety and proficiency training that can only be learned in the right environment with a knowledgeable and industry-leading instructor who can analyze and diagnose shooting mistakes, helping you prepare properly. At Franktown Firearms, they believe understanding how guns work Learning the fundamentals the right way and being confident in using a gun can mean the difference between life and death. 
When people leave Franktown classes, they feel empowered. They look forward to practicing and getting more training. Go to franktownfirearms.com and sign up for one of our training classes today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure to check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Did want to mention a nonprofit that I dearly love, a nonprofit that is actually doing real great work um, in what nonprofits are supposed to be doing, uh, and that is uh, education or helping take care of um, uh, those that are vulnerable, uh, the things that used to happen, and as and honoring our military, and that is the USMC Memorial Foundation. And Paula Sarles is a Marine veteran. She is a Gold Star wife, and uh, she is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation. And <clears throat> she's doing great work. In fact, I get to uh, she and I are going to spend some time together on Friday. Uh, we're going to ride down to Pueblo together for a, an event down at the Center for American Values uh, regarding a Medal of Honor. Uh, event that's going to happen because the Medal of Honor Day is on Saturday. And uh, Paula is just focused on raising money and her team is, uh, they're just focused on raising the money for this Marine Memorial. And it would be great to, for each of us to help them. And you can do that by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And um, uh, you can help them out there. Adam Angieski, uh, the work that you're doing at Open the Books, you're the founder and CEO of Open the Books, is so important, and you just recently published your uh, annual report. So what's uh, what's some takeaways that people can have regarding that report? So you may not have heard of OpenTheBooks.com, but you've heard of our investigations. For example, on third-party paid royalties, that's our work. We broke that in May of 2022. After we had to file a federal lawsuit with our with our legal partners, Judicial Watch, to break open the top line on third-party paid royalties, that's think pharmaceutical company paying royalties as they license inventions from the National Institutes of Health and their scientists that invent them over there on the tax paradigm. They'd license those inventions to the private sector, where companies like Moderna and Pfizer monetize them. They pay royalties back to the agency. And that entire complex, $1.4 billion since 2010, was hidden. That entire inc- that entire stream, uh, every single one of those payments could be a potential conflict of interest. As NIH bills out $32 billion a year in grant-making to over 50,000 healthcare entities that basically buys you the entire U.S. healthcare complex and research, coming back to the other door now we know over a 12-year period was an incredible $1.4 billion that enriched the agency, NIH, its leadership like Francis, Francis Collins and Dr. Anthony Fauci, and 2,409 of its scientists. That is remarkable. I did not realize that uh, that you were the one that really started to shed light on that, that it's... Uh, it's unbelievable what has been going on. And again, though, Adam, a little light goes a long way. I mean, I think George Washington even said that. That's why Open the Books is doing such great work. What's another thing that you'd like people to know that uh, that you were involved in? Well, here, here's some breaking news on third-party royalties. Moderna is in the hot seat today in the U.S. Senate, incredibly called by a hearing 
from U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh, so the CEO of Moderna is in the hot seat. He will, I've been told, and we spent some time prepping, um, we, he will face questions on third-party royalties and the conflicts of interest in that complex. We spent the week prepping a U.S. senator for these questions, and I anticipate our work again to be in the fourth congressional hearing in regard to third-party paid royalties. That is absolutely remarkable. Is it? It's. I think everyday people cannot believe that there that that pharma that, that big pharma, big government. I, th- I think it's been hard to believe that actually that they would be so in bed together and not care about the American people. And so, again, I think a lot of people are waking up to this. And But it's, it's hard for people to believe that that those that are supposed to be representing us and those that are um, providing products that we think are supposed to be good for us, that actually they would not have the best interest of the American people and in mind. Well, but that's again, it human comes, nature. It comes back to their, yeah, it comes back to people that are in charge, and you tend to make decisions to stay in charge and to cement your power. And look, you know, from a 60,000-foot view, it looks exactly what happened. Like, people during the pandemic started to feel big government was very close to big pharma and vice versa. I mean, there's real questions as to why, in terms of efficacy, nothing else was considered by those in charge, and all institutional force was brought to bear to prevent any public debate if there was any efficacy to anything else except a vaccine on COVID-19. So, you know, we broke some news at the start of this week on the house, on the house of Fauci. That's Dr. Tony Fauci, who, you know, his public policies in five key areas basically comes down to one word, which was mandates, mandates on vaccines, mandates on uh, vaccine development as the only solution to the pandemic, you know, mask mandates, uh, lockdown mandates, uh, dying in isolation mandates. And it turns out on every single one of those issues where there should be critical debate, science is about question, it's about skepticism, it's about criticism. And you're supposed to have neutral and impartial ethics officers that put guardrails at the NIH on our public policymakers. Well, guess what, Kim? The top ethicist at the National Institutes of Health Fauci's employer is his wife, Christine Grady. What are the odds on all five of those mandate issues that I just talked about that she would side if there was open inquiry, debate, and questioning and critique that she would side with her husband? Well, on all, I think the odds are low. But on all five of those issues, she eventually comes down on the same side of all of those mandates with her husband, Tony Fauci. I think we've opened up a plausible case for a massive conflict of interest problem at NIH. So what's the next steps? We've got just about a minute left. So what's what's the next thing that's going to happen on this breaking news? Well, we want to get a lot of national attention on it. It starts right there on your radio program, Kim. We're going to actually file a complaint with Health and Human Services. That's the federal department that has jurisdiction with their Office of Inspector General, and we're also taking this to Congress. I expect there, you know, there should be hearings on this. This is, uh, this is an untold story of the pandemic. The, the House of Fauci, the intersection between Dr. Fauci and his wife, as 
You know, this is the pinnacle moment of the administrative state. And conversely, it's also a prime example of the fatal conceit of the elites. Because on all five of those mandate policies that's now coming out, we should have had debate. It probably was not the best path forward for the country. For instance, an economic lockdown had never been tried. And, the, and Fauci himself says it was draconian and had collateral consequences. But the messaging on that was crafted by his wife. And it was to ask the stark and brutal question, her words, how many people need to die if you keep the economy open? That was a wrong question. It was a false choice. They should be held accountable. Well, you're doing that, Adam Anjaski, and I know that uh, you appreciate people supporting uh, Open the Books financially. How can people uh, uh, reach you? What's your website? Come to our website, openthebooks.com. When you get there, you'll be hit with a pop-up. Just key your email, and that puts you on our subscriber, uh, breaking news subscriber list. So you'll get, like, everything we're talking about here in the last half of this interview is all breaking news. We've all published this in the last week. I am so thrilled that it's breaking news on the Kim Munson Show. Adam Angieski, thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. And our quote for the end of the show is from Patrick Henry. He said, bad men cannot make good citizens. A vitiated state of morals, a corrupted public conscience are incompatible with freedom. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show, hour number two. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence, take care of your heart your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, uh, Charlie. Uh, did I get producer Luke? All the people are here at Crawford Broadcasting. It is Wednesday, producer Steve. Wonderful, whimsical Wednesday, yes. It is. It's also Wings Day at Hooters Restaurants. You buy 20 wings, you get an additional 10 for free. That's for to-go or to dine in. They have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Westminster, Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. 
you'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it is their rights, their property, their freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. And force can be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos, globalist elites agenda. And um, there's just all kinds of different ways that they come up with taking our our rights away. And we are at a critical moment right now in um, in our country and people are waking up. I am so encouraged. There are grassroots organizations all over Colorado uh, and across the nation that are stepping forward. We're seeing people become engaged, informed on these important issues such as uh, Wyoming just passed uh, a ban on abortion and uh, we must stand for life when we when we and and we need to come at compassion with this issue it's a complicated issue but we must stand for life we must also stand against the uh, sexual grooming of our children through curriculum uh, in our um, our schools and it's not just public schools it's also private schools if you think you're in a, pr- a private school and you don't have to watch what's going on that's not the case parents must be vigilant they must be in- involved in uh, their child's education grandparents um, community members we're we all have a stake in this and we need to be uh, understanding what is going on Kane uh, one of our great listeners and, and many times a guest on the show called in yesterday during our call-in time and just was so passionate about that our children are under attack. I know that people, it's hard for them to believe. But, uh, you know, these drag queen shows, I mean, come on, having grown men dress up as women and dance provocatively in front of children is not okay. And that we have to call that what that is. And um, this, um, the real term for gender affirming care is actually mutilating children. Would you have thought 20 years ago that we would say that that was okay? It's not. Ten years and so ago. we have to call it what? 10 years ago, five years, two years ago. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, the march, um, it, it, I don't know who had this quote, but it's like, it uh, happens slowly and then all all the time suddenly or happens slow happens slowly then suddenly and that is what has happened and the reason is steve is because we've acquiesced we're like give a little okay bipartisan we're gonna okay well bipartisan it moved us to the left bipartisan moved us to the left bipartisan moved us to the left there's not been any bipartisan that's moved us to the right and it's it's called the Overton window regarding public opinion. And I think that the window needs to come back to uh, reasonable and logical. And uh, yeah. I think that that's occurring. But those that have pushed this agenda, they are on more speed to try to continue to push it through. Well, they put <clears throat> they put uh, progressive in the word progressive. Yes. Uh, but, you know, to to kind of back up your point. If if the right word is pushback, we've already talked about three different states this morning. Uh, Wyoming, which you just mentioned regarding abortion. Iowa, uh, pushing back on the 
fanatical trans and LGB, LGTBQ stuff. And even Arkansas got in on the act. Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed the, I'll call it the bathroom bill. In other words, you're going to use the bathroom uh, of your assigned gender uh, when you're out in public. So there is, you know, people are standing up and saying we've had enough and we're going to take the appropriate action. Right. And when we say assigned, that means what you were born with. And uh, <laughs> who was it? There was a comedian that says, if you look down and there's something there, then you use the boy's bathroom. And if there's not something there, you use the girl's bathroom. And that's from when you're born. That's not if there's been uh, surgery or anything. Oh. That is from when you're born. Thank so you for I that. Guess cl- I needed to make that, that clarification. Yeah. Uh, right there. I'm trying to get to, I wanted to just mention this and it's, I'm finding it all behind these paywalls. But, um, I mentioned that Lauren Boper, I, I was the mistress of ceremonies out at the Holyoke, uh, GOP Lincoln Day luncheon. Uh, and that was, it was really fun. I just, I, I love rural Colorado. And Lauren Bobert, uh, presented via Zoom and she said that Matt Gates is, um, starting to lead the charge to uh, 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 against this new FBI headquarters. And I guess I'm just getting this via a, a headline. They're putting a price tag of $4 billion onto some uh, the new FBI headquarters. And he says, we don't need to be spending that kind of money. And uh, I guess there's, um, there's now six Republicans that have signed on to agree with that. I've got to think that most of the American people would agree that we don't need to be spending that kind of money for new FBI headquarters when the country looks like, uh, well, I think we're in recession. There's economic challenges with government-induced inflation. Uh, the last hour, uh, coming in on text messages, um, we, we had breaking news from Adam Angieski, which I just love. Text line is uh, 720-605-0647. And uh, uh, there was a one comment, stunning interview with with um, Adam Angieski. So you can hear that again from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. And just explain... KLZ 560 has a great um, broadcast reach north into Wyoming, east into Kansas and Nebraska, south into New Mexico, west up into Vail and Grand Lake. But weather can be funny with uh, AM signals. And so you can also listen via the um, website, listen live, or also via the KLZ apps. And uh, so, and then the show broadcasts live 6 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. First hour is rebroadcast 1 to 2 in the afternoon on all KLZ platforms. And then again, t- uh, the second hour is 10 to 11 at night. So, and then, and then we do have the, um, uh, summaries with the podcast in it that are at the website. And also those podcasts can be found at Spotify and iTunes and the other streaming services. So we're hey, everywhere, Steve. I got a little tidbit of info for you regarding, uh, this bill that Gates is putting forward in the FBI building. Five Republicans have already signed on. Uh, Andy Biggs from Arizona, Dan Bishop, North Carolina, Paul uh, Gosser, uh, Arizona, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia, and Harriet Hageman, Wyoming. The interesting thing, though, that all five of them are members of the right-wing Freedom Caucus. I, I saw that as well. I loved it that they called them right-wing uh, I would just say, how about if you would say they, so freedom is right wing. Well, I guess, I guess if that's the case, we'll, we'll take it, right? Consider the publication I'm reading from Newsweek. Mm.
Ah, <laughs> so yes, a little bit of that, you know, just trying to put those opinions in there. But our quote for today, and we're going to be talking with Trent Luce today since it is Wednesday. Uh, the quote from the day is, and I, I, I chose it because of Adam and opened the books, but it's so appropriate also just across the spectrum. But Patrick Henry was an American attorney, planter, politician, or an orator known for declaring to the Second Virginia Convention, give me liberty or give me death. A founding father, he served as the first and sixth post-colonial governor of Virginia. He was born in 1736. He died in 1799. And he said, the liberties of a people never were, nor ever will be secure when the transactions of their rulers may be concealed from them. So that is why shedding light on these issues, this legislation, shedding light is so important. And that is why that we're seeing this move towards trying to censor uh, voices. And when, you know, when you get to a point, when I started this show, I thought, gosh, you know, we're going to talk about things. We're going to search for truth. And there may be those that might you know, try to censor us. And, but if you're in a place where if you speak up because the tyrants are trying to quiet you, it's not going to get better. We better speak up. And I see people uh, grassroots across the state, across the country that are stepping forward. And so it's a very exciting time. It's a dangerous and tenuous time, but it's an exciting time, Steve. Well, I don't know what color uh, Patrick Henry's hair was when he made that statement, but if he were to see what was going on today, it definitely would be white. I know it. I know it. Would they have ever dreamed that we would be to such a prosperous, flourishing society that we can then start to... Uh, degrade our societies with not honoring life and not honoring natural law, men, women, boys, girls, they would never have dreamed that. And uh, uh, so, uh, and again, this happens slowly, then suddenly. Uh, so, and we have these conversations because of great sponsors and Roger Mangan is one of those great sponsors. And he served his customers for 47 years, provided for his family and given back to the communities of Centennial, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, Inglewood, Greenwood Village, as well as Castle Rock. For help with your insurance needs, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's insurance team is there. Great news. I just got the State Farm Personal Price Plan on our home and auto insurance. You told our agent about my thing for romance novels? No, you don't have to get that personal. Our agent just helped me choose affordable options to create a personalized price just for us. Oh, sweet. Then you won't believe the love triangle Jen is in now. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Stay up to date on issues in public health and science by signing up and reading Dr. James Lyons-Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. Find more information about Popular Rationalism at KimMunson.com. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. 
There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact 3pointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. Yes, and welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. It is Wednesday, so that means Trent Luce is on the line. Trent Luce is a sixth-generation farmer and rancher. He's traveled the world to uh, uh, inform people about uh, food security, energy security, which is important for every human being on the uh, planet. Uh, So Trent Luce, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. I think spring is in the air. I think so. Uh, We were talking about it in the first hour that uh, we've got woodpeckers that are very busy and that always happens in the spring. I heard sandhill cranes. I happen to live in the, the pathway of like 70% where the sandhill cranes cross the Platte River and head north, and I started hearing sandhill cranes this week. So now I know for sure it's here. I know it, and uh, I'm excited for spring to get here. You've been traveling a lot. Are you home, or are you were in New Orleans last week? So uh, uh, wasn't it last week, or am I losing track? It was. It was last week. I'm glad you're keeping track, to be honest. Uh, I am home, and I thought I need to have four days to be at home for that spring kind of thing. I don't do any planting. Everything we have is livestock. And it turns out that I have to make a run somewhere every day. So I've just been doing things around the place and got 21 more pigs off of my feed bill yesterday. That's always a good day. And speaking of spring in the air, it was kind of interesting, and I thought about you know, in this time when fertilizer is so short, for whatever that political reason is, and I'm talking about fertilizer that we get so much from that, that originates in Russia that we've been cut off from. Yesterday, the feedlot operators of Nebraska were cleaning feed yards and applying the best fertilizer you can find, that would be cow manure, to their fields and getting ready. That You can tell that they're getting antsy to start tilling dirt and planting crops. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, I was reading some article about uh, all of the, the excrement from feedlots. Well, guys, that does seem like that would be an appropriate uh, remedy. For, and I didn't realize there was a fertilizer shortage. I knew that the fertilizer was becoming extremely expensive. But it looks like there's going to be a natural answer to this, Yes. So there has always been a natural answer, and it it leads to a great discussion, actually, about which is better for the the soil itself. Because if you take the reason that we get fertilizer from Russia is that we don't really get the fertilizer from Russia. We get natural gas that we then uh, manufacture, capture the nitrates from that natural gas and produce fertilizer that's applied to the fields. But there's a phenomenal discussion that evolves around are you fertilizing the crop or are you building better nutrients in the soil that will be available to the plant? Clearly, when you apply cow manure, which is kind of how God intended it, you uh, you build the soil health, you put more organic matter into the soil at the same time as you're delivering the nutrients the plants need to grow. 
So when you drive past the feed yard, which, by the way, you can find pretty readily, or go to northeast <laughs> Colorado and find those dairies, uh, when you take that cow manure, and quite frankly, the poultry litter, I have friends in Nebraska that have built chicken barns for chicken producers, and they they didn't want to take care of the chickens. They hire somebody to take care of these chicken barns. They simply put up seven, 17, one friend of mine put up 17 chicken barns because they simply wanted the manure from the chickens to apply to the field because that animal manure is absolutely the best thing to build soil health, not just provide the nutrition that's needed for the plants to grow. That's a continual uh, burgeoning area of how we have proper nutrition. Now, one interesting little side note, uh, one year I, I did the calculation just on pigs. We produce 120 million pigs in the United States each year. And if you can, because everybody's always complaining about the manure and we're doing this, we're doing that. But if you were to take 100% of the manure from 120 million pigs produced in the United States, it would only supply one-fifth of the nitrogen needs to grow our corn crop the next year. That's how massive the nutrient load is that is needed to produce the crops that are grown in the United States. Okay, what about, because I find this, I, I, I'm fine with animal manure, but I'm, I don't know why. I'm, what about human excrement for fertilizer? What's your thoughts on that? It's, it's being done widely all across this country. And while it sounds like a yuck factor to us, it's the basic elements of nutrition that are in there that are being applied to the soil. Uh, you know, there are some components that we use in human life that I, I, I have questions about that we don't use in animal agriculture. I don't know enough about the process that's taking place to minimize what, what is coming through. You know, I mean, let's just take illegal drug use. There's illegal drug use. There's a serious drug problem in this country. And mm -hmm. it hit me up close and personal last week because of some situations that we had happened in Nebraska uh, that was all drug-related. So what is being done to that human manure to uh, make sure that there's not some drug residue on the field? I don't know the answer to that question. At the basic level, I don't have a problem with it because it is the nutrition and keeping that cycle of life going. Well, for some reason, it, I've got a real... Me, nutrition for plants, you know, plants and the soil health. I, I do have a, a yuck factor on that. Uh, I do. I, and I just said, uh, 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 one of our listeners said, uh, absolutely not on human uh, <laughs> ways. But anyway, that wasn't really what we were going to talk about. Um, but, um, very fascinating. See, that was my I, plan, to see how far I could stray <laughs> you from what you wanted to talk about, because you just get too comfortable when you control everything. And I try to keep you, like, you know, sense it, loosen the sense a little bit. And a, a fine job you do, Trent Luce. So the first question I was going to ask you was about Tyson Foods is closing two plants, two chicken plants, impacting nearly 1,700 workers. Uh, should we be worried about that, or what's going on with that? We we should be worried about all manufacturing, and I I, I want to take note on how they positioned that whole that, that, what you just told me. I assure you, I don't know the situation in those individual plants, but I I know that plants every day. I talk to people who are working and managing and owning plants. It's the other way around. 
the lack of participation from the 1,700 employees that are supposed to show up to work every day forces them to close their doors because they simply can't get the job done. The labor shortage is being so underestimated. Anybody right now that's employing people and expecting people to show up in a manufacturing scenario, we're in trouble. We're in trouble in that regard, and it is going to cripple our infrastructure of food. Uh, so this whole thing through the the uh, reaction to the the COVID-19 or Wuhan China virus, where people were paid not to work, is, is that the dot to connect there or not? Yes, absolutely. 100% people have been paid not to work for so long they've forgotten how to work. And now I, I well, honestly and I, don't know that that money's still there, Kim, but they just got out of the habit and they just continue to find ways not to show up to work. But it is a growing, se- severe problem. Okay. And, uh, yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that across from small little companies to uh, entrepreneurs trying to build a small little business. Uh, I hadn't realized it was uh, so prevalent. And... Do you think, Trent, and now you've got me off on something else, but but the eight-hour work week, uh, you, you, you're from rural uh, America. I'm from rural America. There was no eight-hour work week. And in some ways, I think that was detrimental because it started to chip away at um, – Striving for excellence, doing a job well, doing a job and taking taking the time to make sure the job gets done. People then have a lot of more leisure time, uh, which I get. I guess that leisure is a good thing, but yet then people can use that time to to waste. I mean, I, I, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, I'm going to pick on the host. Uh, that is okay. the problem. We have eight hour work weeks. You said eight hour work week. Oh, our day. Oh, we do have a. That's right. I mean, yeah, a Freudian slip, huh? Yeah. The problem is we have eight hour work weeks. We should get to 60 hour work weeks, and then we would eliminate most of these problems. <laughs> true I no true that. What an eight hour, I have no idea what an eight hour work day is. My alarm goes off at 5.07 every day. I do broadcast yeah. uh, until 9, 9 a.m., and then I'm doing something. Uh, Wherever I'm at, whether I'm attending a meeting or I'm home here today, supposed to be fixing fence, and now I got to make a run somewhere. And last night I got done with my last broadcast at uh, 10 o'clock p.m. I don't know what an eight-hour workday is, but to your point, we have so many people that just think they should work eight hours a day and be done. And those are the ones that just decide to work. I appreciate them more than those that have just decided to be complete freeloaders. Right. And, and I just I know I'm sounding redundant. This problem is real. In fact, just outside of the uh, between the my house and yours Colorado border, North Platte is going to build, and they are in the process of building a brand new beef plant. I have no idea, Kim, where they think they're going to get, because they're bragging about having a thousand workers. We're going to employ a thousand people. I don't know where you're going to get them. We have uh, all types of manufacturing along Interstate 80 from Omaha to Denver right now. Obviously, you got to jump off at Ogallala and go on 76 to get to Denver. But that whole path, 
you have so many manufacturing jobs that are unfilled today. I have no idea where North Platte, Nebraska is going to find a thousand people show up every day to process meat. Then that probably goes to the whole, that's a whole nother thing. Let's, uh, and we're going to continue this conversation. We get to have these conversations because of great sponsors. One of those is Roots Medical and getting to the root of your health. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Home ownership, a place to call your own, has created wealth for Coloradans throughout the years. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of home ownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Call Karen at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our web, our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do it. And it is Wednesday, so I've got Trent Loose on the line. Hey, I just have to ask you. Who takes care of the livestock when you're out there doing all your work and your broadcasts? Okay, Steve. Do I have Trent? He's here. I don't know why he's not responding. I wonder. Hey, Trent, do you have your phone on mute? Are you there? Uh, Yeah. How did you know I had my phone on mute? <laughs> Nailed it. I've been, I've been, how many Zoom meetings have people been on and, and said, oh, you're muted, you're muted? Yeah. I mean, so uh, the answer to your question is my wife. Bless her heart. My wife will you, you, mar- you, you married. You married well. Uh, and so I'm pretty sure she doesn't have an eight hour work week or an eight hour work day. No, she you, does not. She doesn't have any hour work day at all. I know. I, I know. I can imagine. So, hey, I wanted to get over to a couple of other things here. And the first is, um, this is from the Epic Times, that the U.S. cattle inventory is forecast to fall to its lowest level in nearly a decade. Now, reading through the article, it said that production for turkeys and I, I think pigs and, and other livestock might be up, but it, what's your thoughts on that, Trent Luce? Uh We have a severe 
a reduction in the inventory of beef uh, on the live hoof today, and that's a factor of a mainly drought. The la- last year, the last two years, in a big chunk of this country has been severe drought, and it's, when there is a severe drought, it, the first thing that goes is the cow numbers. Um, I'll, I'll try to make this make sense to everybody. There are bull sales. This is bull sale season all across the country. And at bull sales, they're telling me that the heifer bulls are bringing between two twenty-five hundred and $3,000 more than the average bull in the sale. Now, what does that mean? Heifer now, bull what, now, bull. What, what, that's my question. What's a heifer bull? A heifer bull is a bull that uh, is, has the best chance of having smaller uh, calves so that you can uh, not have calving difficulties. The biggest problem in the calving world is that first calf heifer, which has her first baby when she's two years old, that she doesn't have a big calf so that she won't have trouble. So that calf just comes really easy. And okay. this year, those heifer bulls are bringing significantly more, which means there is a lot more heifers that have been kept back, retained in the herd to build the cow herd because there's such a shortage of actual cattle in this country compared to where we are normally at. Okay. Just to put it into a percentage, the USDA comes up with on-feed reports on a regular basis. The last report said that the cattle on-feed, so in other words, the number of animals in those Colorado feed lots is 10% lower than it was a year ago. Okay, and beef is such a great source of protein and energy uh, for people. So, but it sounds like the, the it, and we've got uh, we've got uh, many of the droughts are, are breaking. It looks like so. Uh, I, there should be positive uh, news on this. You think as we move forward, there'll be negative news for the consumer before the positive news. So what happens is if you have those heifers that are retained back into the cow herd, they're not going to the harvest facilities contributing to the beef supply. So that's one reason why the beef supply is significantly lower is because as we come out of this drought phase, which we're crossing our fingers and hoping that we will, you keep back heifers. Well, when you keep more females back, to bring into the cow herd, you reduce the overall supply of beef available at that time. Now, here's an interesting fact for people that are not involved. It just may be mind-boggling. Once you decide that at a year of age, you're going to keep a heifer back and, and turn this heifer into a mature cow, you breed that heifer at a year of age. She calves, not roughly nine months later, um, 283 days to be exact, and she's two years old when she has that first calf. That calf is born, and that calf will typically be between 18 and 24 months of age when it is harvested to make beef. So from the day you decide you're going to keep this heifer and retain her to be one of your working cows, Kim, it's over three years later that you actually have beef available in the store from that decision. So price is going to go up until this this works its Correct. way through. That, okay, that was the moral of my story. Correct. 
Okay, and so the price is going to go up for consumers that are uh, going to the grocery store in these urban areas, and that's why urban and rural America is so connected. Um, Before I forget, and I think I had mentioned this to you, but he just wanted me to ask again. I talked to him a few weeks ago. One of our listeners, Leon, he... um, he just he really would like to to see high quality canned beef and we we talked a little bit about it but uh, just address that one more time uh Trent Luce well there's a grading system and in the grading system and in that grading system is based upon marbling the amount of intramuscular fat and you have we'll just talk about standard select and prime and well, excuse me, I've left one of them out. Standard, select, choice, prime. The majority of the beef that you consume that you really enjoy is the choice beef. Choice is the, the quality where it's kind of like it doesn't cost as much more. It's the, the most economical. It still has an adequate amount of intramuscular fat, which is determined in the quality uh, your eating experience. Select has significantly less intramuscular fat for a quality eating experience and then standard is pretty much a void of fat. It's just straight protein. Prime, on the other hand, is like the creme de la creme in the world of quality beef and that is more intramuscular fat. And we're talking about between 5 and 7% of that beef itself is intramuscular fat. Here's an interesting little tidbit that people may not know. It's been determined that that intramuscular fat, this is a Texas A&M study, that that intramuscular fat, because we demonize fat incorrectly. Fat is an essential nutrient, and we need to get back to eating the right amount of the right fat. The intramuscular fat in beef is a monounsaturated fat. It's the same exact omega-3 fat that you get from olive oil. And so while I'm talking about more intramuscular fat in the beef, it should not be a deterrent because it's the right fat. It feeds your immune system. It feeds your brain. My daughter's a registered dietitian, and she's all about keeping your omega-3s and your omega-6s in balance, and we consume too many omega-6s. Well, high-marbled intramuscular fat beef that not only tastes good because the fat is also what drives our taste is what is very good for you, particularly from a brain function standpoint because it has that monounsaturated fat. Now, all that makes sense, and I'm going to completely confuse you. Okay. Because we at our place are part of the certified Piedmontese system. And the certified Piedmontese is a breed that originated from Italy. It is void of fat. These these animals would be select or on the lower end of intramuscular fat. But the reason that we raise these and the reason that they are in high demand, even though they have lower fat, intramuscular fat, is because they have what we call the myostatin gene, which is identified at Clay Center, a research center by the USDA here in Nebraska, and their beef is more tender. And the the reason it's more tender is the myostatin gene is responsible for regulating muscle growth, and this is a, a mutant copy of the myostatin gene, which just happened naturally, by the way. It wasn't genetically engineered in any way, shape, or form. It's just the way God made these cattle. And so their muscle just grows unregulated. Think about the most extreme muscle man you've ever seen, and they actually become what we call double muscle. But because their muscles grow rapidly and they're and they're just very prevalent in the animal's body, they're very 
thinly uh, tender fibers, and it is the most tender eating experience you can get in beef. The good thing about beef is that what you just said about the energy and the protein, 142% of your daily allowance needed for zinc and vitamin D and all of these other micronutrients that we've long forgot about until COVID. And people start talking about, hey, how do we fix my immune system? Six ounces of beef has more of those available essential nutrients than any other food substance on the planet. So that was a long question and a long answer to a short question about quality of beef. There are varieties, there are choices, and that's what makes the United States beef industry so fantastic is that we put cattle out on land that cannot grow food to feed people, but it will feed a ruminant animal. A ruminant animal is an animal with uh, one stomach and four chambers of that stomach. It takes grass. It takes uh, cedar trees. They don't eat a lot of cedar trees, but they can eat things we would never eat and upcycle it into not only that nutrient-dense protein, but all of these other micronutrients, including intramuscular fat, which improves the health of the human body and the health of the planet because of the grazing aspect. Fascinating. I, I have some uh, all kinds of questions, but I want to get to one that came in on the text line. It says, ask Trent if you think we need the USDA. Well, that's a loaded question. I've been on the record saying that we do not need the USDA in any way, shape, or form. Um, that's like a, a pie-in-the-sky theory that would never come true. We have here's – a, here's a sad fact about the United States Department of Agriculture. There's 114,000 employees in the United States Department of Agriculture. Donald Trump, as president, tried to get that down to 110,000. And I think the Biden administration has taken it back to 114,000. Why is that a set? That's the largest department, the largest agency in the entire federal government, USDA employees, 114,000. And the joke in the USDA is, who's your farmer? Why do they joke about that? Well, we often talk about 2% of the United States population is involved in agriculture. Well, if you look at the USDA definition, that might be a true story. But the USDA defines a farmer as anyone who grows $1,000, excuse me, not grows, who sells more than $1,000 in gross products from their farm and their location in a given year. $1,000. That means that students in Boulder at the University of Colorado with grow lamps in their dorm rooms are considered to be farmers, according to that definition. Kim, the sad fact is that 120,000 farm families in the United States produce 80% of the food. 120,000 farm families. And we have 114,000 USDA employees. That's what they're meaning when they're saying the joke, who's your farmer? We have as many employees of USDA as we have actual farm families producing the food. That is absolutely unbelievable, uh, Trent Luce. And uh, important conversations. Text line is 720-605-0647. We have these conversations because of my wonderful sponsors. I highly recommend you do business with them. I know each and every one of them. And Lauren Levy is an expert in the mortgage arena. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. 
Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. It's more critical than ever to get the firearms training you must have to be confident in protecting yourself and your family. Learning from the expertly trained instructors at Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range, you will learn the skills necessary to be ready for anything you have to deal with. If you learned how to shoot by way of Granddad Taught Dad Taught Me, you may be missing critical elements of safety and proficiency training that can only be learned in the right environment with a knowledgeable and industry-leading instructor who can analyze and diagnose shooting mistakes, helping you prepare properly. At Franktown Firearms, they believe understanding how guns work, learning the fundamentals the right way, and being confident in using a gun can mean the difference between life and death. When people leave Franktown classes, they feel empowered. They look forward to practicing and getting more training. Go to franktownfirearms.com and sign up for one of our training classes today. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Trent Luce is staying on through our uh, call-in text time, text message. Our text line is 720 and it is busy. I will try to get to that. And call in line is 303-477-5600. We have Eric with uh, Manning's Famous Burritos on the line. Eric, what is on your radar? Hi, Kim, you great American. You mentioned the great white hope Donald J. Trump this morning, and I love him. As a black man, I declare to make my point that the DA of Manhattan, New York, Alvin Bragg, is a George Soros puppet black racist. That's my narrative to do the the black Democrats' dirty work, Kim. And they try and every, uh, Donald J. Trump to me is clean as Ajax. Okay, let's get that out there. I love the man because he loves the country. Period. And I just, I just feel like this is going to bring the um, Democrats, the Independents, and you know the Republicans all together if he goes forth with this uh, indictment. And I, uh, I just think it's uh, time for us to turn it around because me being a black man, the uh, black people use that as a crutch. Oh, he's racist. He's racist. 
No. Braggs is full-time, big-time racist. Much love, and I'll see you Friday, and I'll let you go. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. And uh, I I think that, I mean, whenever, whoever it is, no matter the color of their skin, define and look at others uh, and define them by the color of their skin instead of the content of their character, I, to me, that is the definition of, of racist on that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Trent, first thing, um, there's a comment. Organic calf liver is super high in vitamin D. I will tell you, I cannot eat. I like I like uh, pate. I can eat that, but I can't eat liver. I just can't do it. My mom used to uh, fancy it all up, fry it, and put onions on it, and fake it, fake it to me. And I I never could do that. What's your thoughts about organic calf uh, uh, liver, calf liver, uh, Trent? Whether it's organic or not, cow cow liver is the most nutritious part of the beef animal. There are more available nutrition in liver than any other muscle you can eat in the body. I just can't do it. I mean, I would sit That's in good. front of my you know, plate I, for I, I, hours. Just make sure the next time you're at a spot where there's liver and onions, I'm with you because then I'll get two portions. <laughs> so you do you do like that. So um, I do. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, regarding the 120,000 farmers and 114,000 USDA employees, is there anything good that comes out of the U.S.? I mean, when I say that, I mean these are employees. There, there's fine people that work in 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 these bureaucracies, but we need to we need to get rid of these bureaucracies and get people back into the private sector. Um, so uh, anyway. Um, I missed that. Oh, so, oh my gosh, gone government gone gone amok in that. Um, let's see. Okay, Mark and Black Forest is on the line. I'm working through these text messages. Mark and Black Forest, what's on your radar? Good morning. Um, I wanted to ask Trent um, if he saw any opportunities in agriculture right now, uh, either crops or animals. Okay, opportunity in agriculture, business, Trent. Like business, business opportunity. Um, if you if you were like a, a farmer who was just wanting to get started or a rancher, uh, what would be the best um, opportunity? What what direction to go? Excellent so the question. Average, the average age of the United States farmer today is two years older than the average person in St. Petersburg, Florida retirement community. It's sixty-two years of age. And the best way for anybody to be a first-time farmer and get started is to find somebody who does not have a son or a daughter that wants to take over their operation and ask to go in and be an employee, be a laborer, and work into a position Excuse me, where you can develop sweat equity and make that happen. Now, the other thing along with that, and there are, you can find those farmers everywhere, male or female. They're everywhere. They don't have the next generation to take over. They're looking for somebody to do that. The other option that people have, and this is better today than any time in my lifetime, and we've been selling direct beef and pork to the consumer since 1994. We don't sell 100% of our per- what we produce that way, but we've been involved in that business. And I can tell you right now there is more people 
who want to know who their food is coming from than ever before. And there's nothing wrong with having it as a sideline, whether that be growing some vegetables and, and selling them to your neighbors, maybe getting a cow and selling milk to your neighbors. Obviously, you need to know what your raw milk laws are. But there's, there's things you need to know and understand about how you do this. But the opportunity to take a piece of land, no matter what size it is, add value to it, produce something that your neighbors and your community can reap the rewards from, is greater today than it's ever been. It's not a cakewalk. It's not just automatically happens. It's work, and you have to do that work every single day. I'll just give you a quick example. It's easy to load one beef animal on a, on a trailer, take it somewhere and have a market for it, and sell the animal. It is a lot of work to take that animal, turn it into 900 pounds of an animal carcass, which is what the average beef carcass weighs today, and then sell that beef carcass one piece at a time. So you, you have to be able to adjust to whatever that niche might be, whether it is in the animal world or in the crop production world. Um, there, You know, one area you wouldn't even think about Look at Colorado and the explosion in craft breweries all throughout the state of Colorado. You know what the craft brewers struggle in finding? Hops. They can't find the hops that they want. Be a hop producer and, and have a small acreage that produces hops and develop a system and sell to a local brewery. There are opportunities. You just need to find them. Oh, I love that question, Mark, in Black Forest, and I love the answer. It. Uh, the I hear entrepreneurship and um, work ethic. I I see great opportunity. Before we get to our next thing, I just want to mention the uh, USMC Memorial Foundation. I mentioned to uh, in the first hour that I would be driving down to Pueblo on Friday with Paula Sarles, who is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, for a Medal of Honor uh, reception um, on Friday afternoon in in Pueblo and really excited about that because the Center for American Values is there and um, it's um, a hall that honors all of our Medal of Honor recipients and somebody uh, had texted me and said that there were three, there were actually there's four Medal of Honor recipients uh, from Pueblo and Drew Dix, I will actually have him on the show on Friday, I have interviewed him for our America's Veterans Story show, but uh, Drew Dix is going to be our guest in the second hour on Friday, and he is a Medal of Honor recipient uh, from uh, from what he did during the Tet Offensive during the uh, Vietnam War. And uh, so the USMC Memorial Foundation is so near and dear to my heart, and they are raising money for the Marine uh, Remodel, the Marine Memorial Remodel, and you can help them by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Trent Luce, uh, the... Um, <laughs> the text line is blowing up right now, so there's all kinds of great questions oh, coming so in. Three-hour show today. <laughs> oh, that's what somebody said. They said, "Okay, uh, three-hour show." Um, I don't think I've got that in me right now, uh, <laughs> Trent. But we've got 30 seconds. How do you want to button this up? And we'll have you on next week, and we'll try to address some of these things that are coming in. There are many challenges facing us today, unprecedented times. You can call it end of world times, whatever you want to call it. We are in the middle of Lent. That means something to me. It is important that we all keep our faith, keep our family and our community close, and stay informed about how to be proper prepared and be resilient. Thank you, Trent Luce. We will talk to you next Wednesday.
My pleasure. Three hours next Wednesday. Got it down. <laughs> okay. I'll get back to you on that. And our quote for the end of the show is from Patrick Henry. He said, bad men cannot make good citizens. A vitiated state of morals, a corrupted public conscience are incompatible with freedom. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Young, like a new-